Welcome to West Coast University Los Angeles Operation Pass NCLEX. I am your new host, Debbie Reed, the Manager of Persistence and Outcomes. We are now in week five of Spring 2, 2021. If you are a 493 student, you are now venturing into VADI. If you need assistance, please reach out early. Delayed requests for assistance may result in late work completion and a need to redo this term. You are so close. This is your make it or break it term, and we know you have what it takes to make it. If you are a 480 student, your capstone is now on its way. Do not forget to complete this work. Feels like a lot, we know. You should be ramping up to next term and then a successful NCLEX completion. You can do this. You have come so far already. Your proctor is approaching. Please make sure you are preparing and reaching out to your professor for one-on-one -on -one tutoring if you are not achieving a passing grade. For the rest of West Coast University who may be listening, reach out early for help if it's needed. Your instructor is conducting group and one-on-one -on -one tutoring as well as the nursing academic specialist workshops. Take advantage of everything we have to offer you. It is all set up for your success. This week's podcast is discussing female hormones with Professor Tamara Sharma. Okay, hi, I am Professor Sharma. I teach N306, which is the Expanding Family and Community course, or really short name for it. We just call it OB. <clears throat> so we talk a lot about mamas and babies, but in order to <laughs> get to the point where the baby actually gets inside the mama, we need to understand how babies are made or a woman's menstrual cycle and how babies could potentially be made each month or not made. Um, this is one of the topics that I think really scares of our students or I remember being very nervous about all of the different hormones, all of the different anatomical parts. I remember learning this uh, as a nursing student and being confused about what goes up when and at what time and on what day. And also when I did my master's degree, so as a women's health nurse practitioner and a nurse midwife, I got to relearn this all over again at a master's degree level and um, I found it difficult. So as I've been teaching the course, I have tried to really break this down into um, using words that maybe my students can understand a little bit better or just try to simplify it for you a little bit. So the menstrual cycle seems very mysterious. I have so many men in my nursing classes who think that it's difficult to understand this because they don't have menstrual cycles and the girls should all get it so easy because they have menstrual cycles, which is not true at all. Neither one of those is true. So uh, we've all taken anatomy and physiology. So this is just a little bit of a review, of a review for you, but maybe hopefully some simplification too. So hopefully I can help make this a little, a little bit easier to understand. So we're gonna start with the normal anatomical parts. Um, courtesy of the class of April 2020, who have been nurses for a year now, they gave this to me. Uh, but these are the ovaries, right? Most women for the normal physiologic process. I'm just gonna talk very briefly about how a woman's menstrual cycle should work 
normally and physiologically, we all know that there are so many variations to women's menstrual cycles and things that can go wrong. But for purposes of today, we're talking about normal stuff. So most women have two ovaries, two fallopian tubes or oviducts, sometimes called. Um, up here is the top of the uterus. That's the fundus. And if you've ever taken an OB class, you know we're obsessed with the fundus. So the fundus is on the top. And then we have um, the uterus itself, which when not pregnant is about the size of your fist. So pretty small. And the myometrium is the muscle part of the uterus. The uterus is a muscle, that's why it contracts. And the inside is the endometrial lining. And we're gonna be spending a lot of time talking about how the hormones affect the endometrial lining. And then we have the cervix, right, or the neck of the uterus or la boca de matriz in Spanish, so the mouth. So that's the opening. So the cervix is actually still part of the uterus. I know we kind of study it as something sort of separate, but when you have the uterus here, the lower uterine segment has that cervix on it, on the bottom, and that's what opens to have a baby. And then we have, um, extending from there, the vaginal canal. So just a little brief review on that. This, I think is the slide that scares students a lot and scared me as a nursing student as well. This is not typically how I would give a PowerPoint presentation. There are way too many words on this particular slide, but I like to line them up into columns so you can see them next to each other. <clears throat> so we have the ovarian cycle and we have the endometrial cycle and they are going on simultaneously. All right, so don't get confused. Don't cross them over, the ovaries on the ovarian cycle are doing one thing, okay? So the ovaries have their own cycle, their own thing that they're doing, which is making eggs. So I made it in yellow to hopefully remember or help you remember. Yellow, eggs, ovarian cycle, making eggs. I love eggs for breakfast. There's no bacon in here, just eggs. <laughs> and then on the other side, kind of separately, but yet simultaneously at the same time. The endometrial cycle is happening. The endometrium is that lining of the uterus. So we're talking about the lining, the blood that builds up and then sheds every month if we're not pregnant. So let's take the ovarian cycle first, the ovaries, all right? So the first thing we have going on with the ovaries is the follicular phase. Follicular means follicle. So the whole first part of the menstrual cycle is making the egg and preparing it. And I guess I should just step back for a second and explain what the term menstrual cycle means, okay? So the menstrual cycle is the whole 28-day cycle, okay? That's the whole thing. It's not just when a woman's bleeding. When a woman is bleeding, having her menstruation or she's on her menses, or her period, that is just a very small component of the whole menstrual cycle. That's just the menstrual phase when she's actually bleeding. When we refer to the menstrual cycle, whether it be you're reading about it in your book or you're running across it on a test question, if the test question says, during the endometrial cycle, if this happens or what happens, they're not just talking or we're not just talking about menses. We're talking about during the whole menstrual cycle. So menstrual cycle, ovarian phase, sorry, menstrual cycle, ovarian cycle, follicular phase of the ovarian cycle, we're making a follicle, 
All right, so the follicular phase begins on the very first day of menstruation. <laughs> so the very first day that women start to bleed on their period or on their menses, the ovarian cycle starts its follicular phase. It's like, oh, we're bleeding. Well, maybe we'll get lucky next time. So let's start making eggs again, right? So they start getting that follicle ready. Actually, one of them gets that follicle ready, one ovary. <laughs> so the follicular phase begins on the first day of menstruation and lasts about 12 to 14 days. Women are different. Nursing students are the same. Nursing students really want specific dates. Tell me what day to memorize, professor. I need to just memorize it so I can get it right on a test. No, 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 no. All people are different. All women are different. And even if she has a normal physiologically functioning type of menstrual cycle, it still can vary. So we have 12 to 14 days. So for 12 to 14 days or that first half of the 28 day cycle, right? So the cycle's 28 days, that's four weeks. The first two weeks, that first half, she's making an egg. She's getting a follicle ready, okay? So follicular phase begins on day one of the menstruation, and that is day one of the menstrual cycle, and that is also her LMP. If you guys remember from terminology and med surge, LMP is the last menstrual period. That's the first day that she bled with her last period. So on that first day, she's bleeding, follicles starting to mature. So the follicle is maturing under the influence of LH and FSH. Oh my God, hormones. Don't freak out. Don't spin out your own cortisol level just because there are hormones here. It's okay. FSH is follicle stimulating hormone. What does follicle stimulating hormone do? It's a hormone that stimulates the follicle. Easy. FSH stimulates the follicle. So the follicle is maturing under the influence of FSH and LH. LH is luteinizing hormone, right? So those two hormones responsible for getting that egg ready. And the follicle itself is producing estrogen, okay? So the follicle itself is starting to kick out estrogen. Under the influence of FSH and LH, it's maturing, and that follicle itself is kicking out estrogen. All right, now we get to day 14. Day 14 is a very important day. It's ovulation day. It's ovulation day. The window is open. Let's get pregnant. Day 14 is ovulation day. We get the ovulatory phase. It's very short. So estrogen levels peak, all right? That follicle was producing estrogen. The estrogen levels peak, and we get the LH surge. It rushes in and releases the otocyte. Ovulation. So it's maturing, it's maturing under FSH and LH. It's producing its own estrogen. And then estrogen levels peak, we have the LH surge and shoo, out comes that otocyte or egg, right? Okay, now we kick into the luteal phase. The luteal phase begins after ovulation and then lasts about 14 days. Well, that's crazy. The follicular phase is like, <laughs> 14 days, mas or menos. The luteal phase is 14 days. That's where we get the 28, okay? So follicular, follicular phase, it spends about half the time maturing. Then we get the ovulatory phase real quick. And now next we have the luteal phase, all right? So corpus luteum forms, all right? So corpus luteum is what's gonna kind of um, hold that like follicle together, 
Okay, so the corpus luteum, uh, and it's traveling down, and we have, yes, the corpus luteum forms, yes, and a fertilization has occurred. All right, Mr. Wright has come along. That sperm that swum faster than all the others and showed all the good stuff to that egg. Right, Mr. Wright, here we go. If fertilization has occurred, that egg was traveling, corpus luteum, sperm met it. Okay, if fertilization happened, now the corpus luteum continues. The corpus luteum is there and it continues to release estrogen and progesterone to maintain the pregnancy. All right, corpus luteum says, hey, yo, we are pregnant down here. Don't slough off that lining and starts kicking out estrogen and progesterone and helps that, that new little um, blastocyte for a uh, divide, okay? If no fertilization has occurred, Mr. Wright didn't come along right now, um, the corpus luteum degenerates. Didn't happen and menstruation begins, okay? So this is important to think about when we talk about fertility, when we talk about a woman who's either trying to get pregnant or not trying to get pregnant. She's tracking her cycles. When should she be having intercourse? When should she not be having intercourse? And then when we learn about birth control or contraception, pretty much what contraception is are the hormones. So just progesterone, or it could be estrogen and progesterone, just depending on the type of contraceptive. And when you take that or you implant that in your body, your body thinks you're already pregnant. It thinks that it's a corpus luteum in there, releasing estrogen and progesterone, so it won't ovulate again. They're like, hey, we're pregnant, let's not ovulate again, because that'd be weird. We'd be pregnant with a baby and then another egg comes along and yeah, it can't happen, right? So while we're pregnant, we don't ovulate. And when we're on contraception, the way that contraception works, is by tricking us into thinking we're pregnant and therefore we don't ovulate, okay? That's the ovarian cycle. Not too bad, right? Half the time we're making the egg, then we ovulate, then the other half of the time we're like preparing. Is it gonna be fertilization or no fertilization, okay? Endometrial cycle on the other side. So what's the endometrium doing? That lining, right? So the proliferative phase, it's proliferating, it's growing and getting more, it's making this nice bed that's all ready if this new blastocyte is gonna implant, right? So the proliferative phase where it builds up, it occurs following menstruation. The minute she's done bleeding, we start building it back up again, all right? So it occurs following menstruation and then ends with ovulation, okay? So it's building up the whole time during the follicular phase and then once we hit ovulation, we're not gonna build it up anymore. So we have increasing estrogen. So estrogen makes the endometrium thicker and more vascular, okay? So I have a lot of students like, what does estrogen do? What does progesterone do? The easiest way I can think of it in my head is estrogen helps build things up, right? So the increasing estrogen, it makes it thicker, makes it more vascular, makes it nice and just ready and plump and soft, right? Progesterone helps maintain. Okay, so during the proliferative phase, estrogen is helping make the endometrium thicker. Then we have the secretory phase or secretory phase, whichever you prefer, but it's secreting. So that begins after ovulation and ends with the onset of menstruation. Okay, so after ovulation, right, so we have the follicular phase and the proliferative phase pretty much lining up. The ovulatory phase is really short. 
The luteal phase pretty much lines up with the secretory phase. So it begins after ovulation and the effects of progesterone from the corpus luteum. Okay, remember, remember we got the corpus luteum over here. It could continuing to release estrogen and progesterone to maintain the pregnancy, right? So if the pregnancy does occur, the endometrium will secrete glycogen. Woohoo! I love that. So the effects of progesterone maintain the endometrium, they cause it to discontinue to thicken. And if that egg and that sperm have met and we have fertilization, the endometrium is going to secrete glycogen. I think that's one of the coolest things about the menstrual cycle because we've got to feed the baby, right? We're not hooked up to mama yet. Okay, we don't have a placenta that's developed yet. We're just this tiny little cells that keep dividing. But if we're dividing, we need a glucogen, right? Glycogen, sorry, glucose and glycogen. We need energy. We need an energy source to divide. So if the pregnancy has occurred, has occurred it's the endometrium's job to secrete the glycogen. If no pregnancy has occurred, it wasn't our month. Okay. Um, the endometrial lining degenerates and it just sloughs off. And then you have the menstrual phase, right? So the menstrual phase, that's the menses, the period, right? Um, sharp decline in hormonal levels causing the sloughing of the endometrial tissue. So I want you guys to really remember that, that it's a sharp decline in the hormones, right? So gradually throughout the whole month, we're building, we're building, we're building the hormones. All right, sperm did not meet the egg. Oh, corpus luteum degenerates. Um, so corpus luteum had the estrogen, the progesterone, right? It degenerates. There goes our estrogen and progesterone. Sharp decline in the hormonal levels, and we have the endometrial tissue sloughing off. That is why women get moody. So we have the cramping. I mean, the uterus itself is cramping, right? to shed that endometrial lining, and it is a sharp decline in hormones. So the same thing happens during labor and delivery. When a woman delivers a baby, she also delivers a placenta. And when that placenta is delivered, there's a sharp decline in hormones, right? So that leads her to those postpartum blues. And then if those postpartum blues persist, then that leads us into postpartum depression. Again, having to do with a sharp decline in hormones. So I know this type of a slide might scare you when you see it in your, um, in your lectures. Here's a picture form for those of you who like pictures or visual learners. This is the pituitary gland. The pituitary gland is releasing FSH and LH and they're spiking right here on day 14, right? Ovulation or right before, I guess I should say. This is the ovary and creating a follicle and out that follicle goes right on day 14, and then we have it developing into that corpus luteum. Estrogen and progesterone, right? And then we have down here our uterus, and we have the lining of the uterus. So we have the menstrual phase where it's all sloughing off, the proliferative phase, days like five through 10, um, the secretory phase. So I hope that that helped. I hope that you do not feel as intimidated by this type of slide. Women are complicated. This is true. There are a lot of um, factors that go into a woman having her menstrual cycle. But if you can just kind of break it down into the normally physiologically functioning type of menstrual cycle, hopefully it'll make it a lot more sense to you when you go on to study um, fertilization and pregnancy and then also uh, contraception.
Thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you next week.